0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify those stories that are moving and meaningful. I'm super excited to have on the show today a friend of a friend. She came highly recommended. Um, her name is Farisa Knox. Farisa, welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Susan
0: you bet you bet so you're out in Chicago is that right
1: yes I'm in Chicago the Windy City
0: (laughs) my second favorite city in the nation so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself I know a little bit about you but my audience is eager to
1: yeah sure so I am I'm an entrepreneur um I'm from New York I'm from the Bronx and now call Chicago home as we mentioned um my business I have multiple businesses and I'll start with my my oldest one sort of like kids right like I feel like I have kids (laughs) and businesses but um I my first business I started back in 2008 is an advertising agency um we just turned 12 years old uh in November of 2020 and thank you yeah it's it's a very surreal feeling to have been doing something um you know, for so long, but still feel like I have so much to learn. Um, but that's that's entrepreneurship for you. Um, at this point, my ad firm is a fully integrated marketing communications um, advertising agency where we're able, either through internal ability and uh, skill set, or just partners that we have, really fully present uh, communication plans and tactics to, to our clients, um, that, that allows us to have relationships with media vendors and, uh, creative folks all across the country. And I'm working every day to get that business more and more, uh, secure on her own, right. Without me needing to be in the, the room or the space constantly for clients. Um, and my other business is a production company, uh, called what are you wearing productions? And at that company, uh, we are just that, a production company that focuses on television and film. Uh, we are very new, the only the, the most major piece of content under our belt is a reality show I created and produced called PR Girl that's on Amazon Prime here in the States and in the UK. And um, I, it allows me to really tap into my creative side um, while Using a lot of the things that I've learned in building my advertising agency to work on the business of it and really understand um, both sides of it. So that's me.
0: Yeah, well, you're amazing, first of all. And wow, um, I love your entrepreneurial spirit. I was bitten by the same bug long ago. Um, Tell me more about PR Girl. I have some connections spinning in my head that I want to make introductions of you to others across the country. Um, people I think could, you know, help you and you help them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the show itself is a reality show uh, based on, well, this season, season two is based on three uh, young women in the world of public relations, uh, one being in fashion, one being in beauty, and one being in more of the lifestyle uh, space. And the audience gets to follow them around as they do a few things. One, um, nurture their professional uh, career, right? We get to watch them be the businesswomen that they are. Uh, one is, is an entrepreneur and she has her own PR firm. Uh, watching her navigate the ins and outs of that and being a single mom um, and just really understanding what PR is, right? I think that in the world of communications, PR is probably the segment that is the least truly understood by the mainstream of people, but it also has this very sexy reputation. So when I was just starting to get into the video space and understanding that not only you know is video content king, but really wanting to understand, or I should say queen, um, <laughs> but really <laughs> wanting to understand like how I can add value in that space, this idea for showing this audience that I had successfully collected, which I call this young modern woman across the country, showing them something that they already are obsessed with and feel uh, an attraction to the world of PR, uh, but showing them like the realness behind it. Cause I think that that's one of the things that I'm very passionate about is what's the real life story of how people get to to be who they are or where they are. Uh, Cause there's a lot of learning and nuggets in that. And the last thing I'll say is, it's really important to me that PR Girl this season and any future seasons that might exist wasn't wrapped in this like negativity that we get to watch other women on other reality shows kind of dive into, right? Like there's so much right. arguing, so much negative, disgusting behavior that, yes, is super entertaining, but you know there's room for other things where we get to see women actually be supportive of each other and have that be the norm instead of like what are we going to argue over today so you know,
0: i have yeah. to say i i don't find that entertaining i'm turned off by those shows i i don't live a life like that i don't tolerate drama i walk away um it's exhausting i'm an empath so it deeply um bothers me to mm-hmm. watch that kind of drama and to even waste my valuable mind space on is that real or is that contrived? I mean, that's either way, that's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I love to hear your your better, higher uh, take on on women's relationships and and this sort of uh, dynamic that exists. Because although I don't yet see that it's the norm in the public's eye the women I know lift one another, love one another, support one another and shine a light on each other. So uh, that drama is foreign to me. I, I, I I don't enjoy it. So I love that you've taken the high road and the um, you know, blue ocean strategy, if you will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate that. And I, and I, most women I talk to say the same thing where it's like, that's not the life that we all live like real women who are working hard to be the best versions of ourselves every day. So, um, you know, I just hope that that audiences as as we continue to expose folks to the show show the networks, right? That this is stuff that we want to watch. Cause that's right. now the business side of things where it's super easy to sell a show that is full of drama and cattiness and fighting and Uh, interruption in life, right? And it's proven to be a little bit more difficult to sell a television show that is about female empowerment and connectivity and how can we be helpful to each other?
0: That might be changing in the social and political landscape. Um, So, you know, fingers crossed. Let me ask you, um, I know a number of wonderful women who are um, PR people, PR experts would they be would they be people you'd like to meet
1: um well there definitely would be people that I would like to watch the show right and then let me know how they think and feel um casting for a television show a reality show is a whole different um beast in that it's it's probably better that I find them because uh, there's a lot of research <laughs> stalking that kind of goes into let me you know understand who this person is, what they do uh, before um, they're in charge of their narrative, right? So yeah,
0: I have yeah. three or four wonderful women who um, bring a unique life story to the PR movement, if you will. Um, that I'll tell you about, and not tell them about you, and just let you do your thing. But my my initial thought was to help promote your current. Um, they would love to help promote your current show. So that oh, was my gotcha. initial thought. But then you got me thinking. Hey, you know. <laughs> um, so I'll introduce you to my network. Um, I think there are a lot of people. So a couple people. One um, is in New Jersey, another's in New York, another is in New York, another is in Chicago. So um, just, a, a, I don't know how I ended up, I think because of the show, my show, my uh, this podcast, um, I, I've collected a lot of remarkable women. So, and, and if you ask our friend, the mutual friend that, we'll just say, Kalila, who introduced us. <laughs> Um, she knows I've become friends with people, you know, deep yeah. relationships, long lasting. So i happy to do that. It sounds remarkable, all the work that you're doing. I know that's just two of your 12 babies. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. What would be your proudest professional accomplishment? And and I know I'm asking you to pick a, a, a favorite kid. <laughs> or maybe, right. maybe pick a favorite, um, just a, a favorite accomplishment or event or life event that made you really proud?
1: Yeah, Um, you know, it's interesting because I don't, so the way that I see my businesses and even my products that come out of the businesses, right? Because PR Girl is a product that comes out of my production company. Um, You know, I I also wrote a book. I have a, a memoir about my 20s and living in New York, working in advertising and all of that. So I, I have products, but I'm most proud of my actions, if that makes sense. So yeah, for me, the idea of not giving up and not being stubborn, right. But just not giving up on something that matters to me, that means something to me. And that has the power to mean something to other people is what I'm most proudest of because living this life of an entrepreneur is very tough. It's very lonely. Um, yeah. you know, people from the outside think it's, being, it's so glamorous um, and there are glamorous parts, but to experience those glamorous parts, you have to actually you know, build a business. You yeah. have to start a business. You have to nurture the business. You have to find people to work in the business. There's a lot that goes into what people see on the outside. So the fact that I have not given up and that I continue to thrive in this space and trust myself, in spite of what some of a lot of the negative, um, you know, messaging and things that are out there, especially for me as a woman of color, being a black woman, I am not the typical idea of a human, even in today's environment, that is supposed to be thriving in business and building uh, independent wealth and, and being a source of inspiration to young people as they're coming up. And in spite of that, I'm like, well, that's what you say. So what I say (laughs) is I am all those things, right. And in spite of my, my products, right. So it's like, I'm all those things, but I'm those things in business and in creativity, which is a nice new space for women and black women specifically to inhabit so that's really what i'm the most proudest of
0: i love that so so this show as you know is is about the woman right the person the human not i don't let people pitch or sell it's not about their title how much they make um you know it's not about you know it's about the woman the person the human so i love that you personify the um sort of the uh, what's the 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 protagonist of, you know, in the face of historical treatment of black women and societal expectations of black professional women and the the social norms surrounding the role of black women, you are like, look at me, and that's not true. Let mm-hmm. go of those old um, you know, myths, if you will, and, right. and see, feel, touch, sense, you know, here I am uh, debunking the old white male myth, right? Yeah. So- and,
1: and, and I would add too, it's like, it's like allowing me and all of the folks who, who look like me to define ourselves for the first time, right? Because yes, that, you know, for the longest, we were defined by these myths. But more importantly, not being allowed to self-define. And so right. I'm self-defining and hopefully giving other young women and women of color and young black girls the, the thought, oh, wow, what, who do I want to be then, right? Right. And not like I want to be like, by example. Yeah. yeah, who do I want to be? And in that, in that privilege is where everything else, you know, comes from.
0: So I, I teach something called muted group theory, and it's a very, my background is communications, but it's comms theory, right? So I've done, you know, crisis plans and such, but it's not the traditional journey. My education is comms theory. One of the theories I teach is called muted group theory. And it states that the creators of the language navigate most easily in the operating system of that language. So for example, old white males or white men have created corporate America, right? So it's easy for them to navigate corporate America to grow up and go up the ladder in corporate America and succeed. But women and other minorities who don't speak old white male or white male Mm -hmm. struggle to navigate that system. And for so long, the world has been trying to teach women and other minorities to speak white male in order to succeed. And that is wrong, that is wrong. We need to crash down the operating systems uh, and allow for people of different languages. And when I say language or communicate, I'm talking, you know, verbal, nonverbal, written body, oral, everything, you know, the the way you, you know, toss your hair, the way you walk, the pace at which you speak, these are all forms of communication. Mm -hmm. And because we don't speak white male, we don't get the promotion, we don't get the recognition, we don't get the leadership opportunities. Um, So I'm saying, let's stop trying to become the men in order to succeed, but instead create operating systems where we can be who we are, and still be considered successful or leaders, etc.
1: Yeah, Uh, I totally agree. And what's so funny is that earlier in my career, um, I, you know, had to learn white male. And I would say, I would encourage everybody go ahead and learn their language because it's important to be uh, b- multilingual. Bilingual. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, multilingual. but make sure that it's not at the risk of forgetting your own language and then teaching it in and in, like infusing yeah. it into the system, right? Because Uh, The whole point of equality is that all of our voices are understood and heard equally. Um, And that's, you know, what I'm fighting for. And that's why, you know, when I, I hope people eventually get to a point where they understand that feminism, for example, the feminist movement is not about erasing the voice of the male. It's about including the voice of the woman at the same level that we are listening to the voice of the male. And-
0: I teach feminist theory. And that's exactly the misconception that the majority of people have is that if you're a feminist, you're a man-hater, that's not true. It's mm-hmm. like men speak one language. So so I teach gender-based communications too. So it's like males, white males might speak Italian, black women might speak French, uh, you know, other, minorities might speak, you know, I don't know, another language, you know, uh, German, what have you. They're all valid languages, right? We shouldn't be expected to become fluent in the other's language to be successful. We should all be, all be valued and appreciated for our own language and there just needs to be some understanding of the other in order to communicate with one another, like a uh, sort of like a simultaneous interpreter from the UN, if you will. That's that's what I think of myself as. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I also wanna caution people against saying, give a voice to women. We have a voice, we've had a voice, we just haven't been heard. We've been ignored, we've been disrespected. So I like to say amplify the voices of women, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. We are. To- we have so much to talk about offline. I have so many ideas in my head <laughs> right now, um, and that's how entrepreneurs are, right? We we big, big, big things happening in the head. Mm-hmm. Who maybe was an inspiration or a mentor or a sponsor to you?
1: Um, great question. So I I only recently have been able to find. Uh, people that I can be comfortable with that are mentors and sponsors and really, truly supportive of not only you know what I want to accomplish, but where I'm at today. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just didn't have those types of adults around me uh, growing up who were doing things that could lead to a type of mentor relationship or, uh, nurturing professional relationship uh, so I always joke but it's serious like as a kid going to college like my number one inspiration or source of professional uh, aspiration was Claire Huxtable uh, on the Cosby show because yeah, yeah she was the epitome of what I could see myself being as a black woman because that's what I could see myself being as a black woman, but only because, you know, that character was written in that show was, was on TV. Right. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I've kind of like created this mental uh, aspiration, you know, like before there were like vision boards and stuff. It was like a mental vision board of, yep, that's what I want. I want to be a wife. I want to be a mother and I want to have my own career, my own job and, and be, vocally strong and powerful and respected and look fly all the while doing it. Like that's she broke so
0: happened. many stereotypes. It was beautiful. The character. The character yeah. broke so many stereotypes. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm blessed today to have a nice handful of uh women, uh CEOs and business leaders, um, some of which who are black women who I can now call mentors and sponsors and people who I can lean on, um, who are real life people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and now you're serving as an example to younger generations of, you know, like what you said you didn't have. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I don't feel like I had a lot of women. I'm older than you, but I had like the women on TV were, you know, stay at home, cook, clean, have babies. If you don't do that, then what do you do with your life? Right. Even my father, who was the closest thing to a mentor I ever had, um, brilliant man, pathologist, wrote books, discovered what causes Bell's palsy and the surgery they used to cure it. I mean, just totally brilliant. Said to me one day, you know, you could do anything. You could be a teacher. You could be a nurse. <laughs> I was like, all those are great things to have, but I could be you. You know, I was right. like, why didn't you say I could be a doctor? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? He didn't even think about it. I mean, and he was, he's passed now, but he was a man who um, was in his heyday in the fifties. So, I mean, it's just that kind of bubble, right? You know, Um, and he was treated poorly. He, 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 Jewish and Italian. So, um but didn't even think about the the chauvinistic or sexist mm. <laughs> comment he made you know like well, why do you say nurse and not doctor you know it just right. women just weren't <laughs> doctors back then so I, I love that you had that now you are that to other other uh girls like you had that sadly in a tv show character not in real life but now you are that in real life to other uh young women of color uh, specifically black women black girls need to see themselves and others um you know i, I work hard to uh, i used to teach something called girls in politics for girls ages 7 to 15 teaching about what government is supposed to look like and how congress is supposed to operate um and what the founding fathers and i would always throw a little shirley chisholm in there you know yeah. Make sure that they knew. So let me ask you this: How do you think women can lift each other up and support other women in business? Wow. Um,
1: honestly, I think it starts from a place of uh, curiosity and open mindedness, right? You know, to for, to understand that we are not each other's competition, right? There's plenty. Right be plenty plenty of money out here to be made there's plenty power to be taken uh there's plenty you know people to be in relationships right, with right there's no shortage of any of those things so I think it starts there starting with understanding we're not each other's competition and then or orga- like authentically and organically really trying to build relationships with women as you come in contact with them in your professional uh, spaces and really wanting to get to know folks and understand what is it that you're doing, how maybe are our things aligned and how can we be helpful to each other? That's how I approach every conversation I have with every girlfriend, every uh, new introduction I that gets made to me, and, and honestly, even the young people that come across my inbox or my phone, uh, who are graduating at, and looking for their start, because I explained this to them as well. Even if you're trying to find an internship, if you're in an interview and you're getting asked, you know, why why you basically, and you answer because I want more experience and I want to learn about this the, the advertising world and I want this and I want that. It's like, okay, but this professional, real professionals understand that it's not just about what you want because you're doing, you're in business with people. So even as an intern, how are you bringing value to this space? Because it's clear what value you're getting. You're getting an education, you're getting experience, you're getting relationships. Um, but what value are you bringing? So I encourage people from the internship level all the way to the C-suite to think about how you can bring value professionally or personally to all the relationships that you have, women or not, right? But I think if we all just operate in that space, then we'll be good and just leave the door open. You know, Don't shut the door behind you. If you're a woman and you're, you've gotten a seat at the table and now all of a sudden you're like, well, again, back to that competitive mindset, there's enough of us here, so let me shut the door. Uh, Subjected groups find ourselves in that space far too often, whether it's women or Black people, it's like, keep the door open, there's plenty of space, we can pull up more chairs, and another chair being added does not dilute the value of your chair.
0: Exactly, exactly. I used to say that, We need to stop clawing at each other for the one or two spots at the top and start clawing the system to create more spots at the top, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, bake a bigger pie. So I agree with you on everything you just said. It's very compelling. I'm grinning ear to ear. It's like refreshing. Um, I too, in that way, I have footprints on my shoulders for lifting other women up. Right. So um, let me ask you, it's not always easy. And I'm sure there've been challenges. Are you willing to share a challenge or setback and how you overcame it?
1: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I'm like, which one? Uh, <laughs> let yeah. me see. I mean, you know, just to stay relevant, I think um, you know, 2020 has been a challenging year, you know, for everyone. Here, here. And you know, businesses have all suffered and. I, one of the things getting into like April, May of this year, that I knew I was going to be up against when, you know, we found ourselves having the quarantine and everything was clients, just everyone came to a standstill. And I didn't know, like most of us, how long that was going to last, what it was going to mean. And not just for our clients, but for myself and for our business. And I think one of the things that being in business for myself for 12 years has taught me is to not like overreact and to just pay attention to the facts and what's happening, collect that data and then think through it and understand what does it mean? So for us, as I started to do that and look at, well, what are the clients that are not affected by COVID? Who are the clients who are affected by COVID? why in both situations right and what does that mean for us then instead of like freaking out and and being like oh you know my business is going to crumble and COVID 19 2020 you know just like the worst year ever instead of going down that path i went down the research data collection understanding path which then opened my eyeballs up to okay my ad agency compared to other independently you know, owned firms is just has a scrape on the knee compared to others who are literally bleeding out. So that allowed me to calm down a little bit, but then also again, back to the why, well, why is that? And it was based on the category of clients that we service. So my firm tends to concentrate on what I call the, the non-sexy elements of consumer life, You know, healthcare. Higher ed, finance, politics, government—all of these things that, no matter if we're living through COVID-19 or not, are very important to our existence. Whether it be our health, our education, our money, um, and just you know the government needing to be in communication with folks. So when I realized that through my research, through my sitting still and collecting you know the data, I used that how I kind of maneuvered out of that was. Let's spend our downtime that we were experiencing in late spring and summer, instead of freaking out about business, modernizing the business and rebranding the business because now we can include these categories as part of our narrative for our business. We can uh, reshape and, and modernize what the, what the logo and our website and things look like. So that we were just as busy, but instead of working on clients, we're working on ourselves. Um, And then, you know, come first quarter of next year, have a full on display of what that looks like now, while we also, you know, successfully made it to fourth quarter where I knew the business was going to turn back around. And so now it's like, wow, it's fourth quarter. Not only are we 90% of the way done with our, like our brand modernization and all of that, but we're back in a quarter where typically things pick up. So now, you know, we're out of that COVID late spring summer slump, which is even deeper than the normal late spring summer slump, and now into um, you know a fourth quarter and first quarter for next year. That's going to feel good. So that's long awesome. answer, but that's a, the latest no. example.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. So there's a Harvard Business Review article that came out. Um, at the beginning of the COVID crisis, talked about people and companies who can use this time to reset, be creative, be innovative, uh, and not be paralyzed right by this Mm -hmm. this new landscape. Uh, You're one of those people and your company has done exactly what they recommend you do. you know being creative and innovative through a crisis coming out on the other end prepared to bob and weave and bend and flex so you have reset and are ready you're at the ready so good for you smart thinking very forward thinking um i'm not surprised (laughs) um but awesome awesome well let me ask you this um is there something now usually in the show i ask people you have the option do you want me to ask you about a surprising fact about yourself or do you want me to pull what I call the wild card question? The option is yours. And uh, if you're game folks, what that means is um, Farisa does not know the wild card question. So, um, but she does know if I'm gonna ask her something surprising about herself, she's been able to prepare for that. So it's up to you, Farisa, what do you think?
1: Yeah, go ahead and hit me with a wild card.
0: I'm not surprised that you said that very um courageous and and i mean look you are an entrepreneur isn't that what you you know you're very risk tolerant
1: yeah all
0: right let's see so i don't know it's a box of 144 questions i don't know if it'll be tough or easy or silly or serious so i all those things,
1: luckily, so. I
0: love that about you. I have, I have fallen in great like with you throughout this conversation.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> all right. Oh, well, this is a great question for you, which there probably aren't too many things you can't do, but what is a skill or a talent you wish you had? Oh,
1: man, I love it. So if I could sing and dance, like Beyonce,
0: oh, my I
1: <laughs> would totally be doing that. Like, I think in another life, I was definitely meant to be an entertainer, whether that's a singer or an actress or, or what. And I could, I could still be an actress, right? Like I, my, my world is taking me in the direction of producing and creating and, I always joke, I'm like one day I'll probably write something and I won't find the perfect actress to play the part and I'll just be like, I'll just do it, I'll just do it. <laughs> and that'll be like, <laughs> that'll be the, the start of my acting career. But no, if I could sing, and I, I probably can sing better than most people, but I can't, like by my standards, I can't sing. Um, but I would love to just be able to open my mouth and have people go, oh my God, like that voice.
0: Wow. I think they're, they're doing that about the words coming out of your mouth right now, but to have song come out and them do that. I get that. That's amazing. I think that's a fun fantasy and it's one you could make a reality. I could totally see you playing you in the movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This has been such a wonderful, just, we, Look, we are speaking the same language, on the same path, um, you know progressing at the same rate. You're just fantastic. Um, I would imagine people would want to know how to reach you. So why don't you tell us how they can reach out to you if they want to learn more?
1: Yeah, yeah so I'm almost everywhere minus Twitter I can't I would get in too much trouble but okay, um,
0: out there <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Whew, Twitter's, a the
1: mess. Twitter's a mess. I probably would have gotten in an argument with Trump by now and it would have been on national news. But I'm proud um, to
0: say I was banned from the Trump feed
1: <laughs> Good for you. That's an accomplishment. That means you're doing something right. Badge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm on Instagram. Uh it's just at Farisa Knox. Uh that's my most active social platform. And then just for more information about me and my businesses and my book and all that stuff, my website is Knox.com.
0: Easy peasy, F-A-R-I-S-S-A-K-N-O-X.com. Correct. Awesome. And you know, folks, that I'll put um, a gallery of pictures that tell the story of Farisa and her life. I'll put her headshot, her bio, and all the relevant links that... She wants to share with the world in the blog that I write. And I'll share that within two weeks on my page, on my website. And then again, on LinkedIn. And in this case, um, Farisa, are you on LinkedIn?
1: I am. Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. All right.
0: So I will tag you and you can reshare to your populations.
1: Perfect.
0: All right. You have been delightful. This has been a really great, fun conversation Um, nice start to my day over here in San Francisco. And just I look forward to more conversations with you.
1: Absolutely. Thank
0: you so much. And have a great uh, holiday. Oh, that's right. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye bye.